those of you that read my blog will know that I was surprised, annoyed, frustrated, and a little fed up with God about this series. Um, I had better ideas for what we should do between now and the summer. I had easier ideas for what we should do between now and the summer. And over the years, I've come to know that relentless, nagging, persistent way in which the Holy Spirit gets your uh, attention. It's annoying and frustrating. He acts like he's God. He acts like he knows best. He acts like we have no choice in the matter. And like you, I sometimes find that difficult to deal with. So here we are, uh, a series on uh, healing and uh, hashtag God heals. And I think, where do we kick off? I think, as all of us will know, I think we come to this whole issue with the presupposition or the worldview or the, the feeling that if God is going to answer our prayers and heal someone in a particular way, we've kind of got to persuade him to do it. It will be the exception, and it will be because somehow we've managed to convince God that it would be a jolly good idea if he was to heal this particular person in this particular way, and uh, we often approach the praying like that. We wouldn't say it as starkly as that, because we would realize that that's a bit cynical and a bit unfair. But the reality of what lies in our hearts would be something of that ilk. And so we will pray, if it be your will, because it's probably not. If it be your will, I don't really expect much to happen here. If it be your will, we're not really sure whether you even want to do anything here, God, in this situation we're praying for. So we're reminding ourselves about whether it's your will or not. So, the question then this morning for us is this one. Or I put it in terms of a statement, but you might ask it in terms of a question. Does God want you whole? My assertion is that God wants you whole. Let's pray. Father, as we come to your word, we're asking for your help. We're asking for your help that we might understand it intellectually, although we don't think that will be much of a problem. We're asking for your help that we would understand it in our hearts that we would allow our hearts and our understanding to become shaped by what we see of you in your word, that our hearts and our understanding would become shaped of what we see you revealing of yourself in your word. So would you speak to us? Would you speak to our hearts? Would you be at work in our thinking? Would you be at work in and through what I say? Would you speak whatever I say? In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so how do we begin to unpack this together? God wants you whole, firstly, because it is the way things are. There are certain 
things that are built in to creation. For example, the law of gravity. You didn't wake up this morning and think to yourself, I wonder if when I step out of bed, I will fall to the floor. Well, at least not in the gravity sense. You might have thought after our last night, I wonder if when I get up this morning, but there are other causes for that and you can get help. There is a a law of gravity that you are totally reliant upon and you don't give it a moment's thought because you know that it's there. There are other laws in the universe. There are certain laws of biology. For example, uh, you you don't get a, a creature that's half dog and half cat. You might have a dog that looks half dog and half cat, but that's not really what it is. Uh, you can't crossbreed certain things. Perhaps you can get a mule out of a horse and a donkey, but that mule then can't breed. There are certain, just the way things are built into the universe. And one of the way things are that's built into the universe is the law of healing. If you cut your finger... The natural cause of events is that your body will naturally heal itself. If you have uh, an infection or a disease, the natural order of things is that your body is clever enough to uh, uh, put up its defenses, to send out soldiers to attack the disease, antibodies and the like, and your body will, in the normal course of things, fight off the disease or the infection. Your fluids, your saliva, for example, is full of antiseptic and healing properties. The DNA in your body that controls your defense and your immune system, in the ordinary way of things... Our bodies are amazingly made to heal themselves. Our bodies are amazingly created in order to seek to maintain safety and stability. You hurt because you need to be warned a pain about something that is affecting or afflicting you. If you could not feel anything in your hand, before long you would lose a finger or burn your hand to bits or whatever it might be. You'd suddenly smell burning and half your finger would be missing. You need the pain. It's a natural way of the way things are in order to protect ourselves. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And if nothing else this morning, let's hold on to the fact that we are amazingly, fearfully and wonderfully made. So why then do we get sick? Why why then does that not natural order of things not always take place? Why sometimes do we get sick and we do not get well? Our bodies cannot heal themselves. Why do diseases threaten us and indeed kill us? Right back at the beginning. When the Bible explains to us the way things are, talks about the way that human beings in the form of Adam and Eve rebelled against God, did their own thing, and what that created was not only a break in relationship between God and human beings, men and women, boy and girl, but what that disobedience also created was a cataclysmic, a catastrophic break between creation and creator so that this whole world no longer works in the way that it should. And disease and sickness and decay and death itself entered the world because of that disobedience, because of our fall, because of this massive chasm that erupted between God the creator and ourselves the created. All of life was poisoned 
at that moment. And so we read that it's not just human beings that long to be reconnected and reunited with their creator, but the whole of creation, we read, is waiting. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to this present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly. So we await to be reunited with God, but there's a sense in which the whole of creation awaits to be reunited. The the way things are also needs to be redeemed, rescued, corrected, healed, restored, and so on. The moment the fall happened, in fact, even before it happened, the Bible says that God had a rescue plan in place. I know God wants you whole because he made a plan to restore you to the way you were always made to be. God wants you whole, secondly, because his plan is to restore you to the way you were always meant to be. Amen? Amen. As a uh, young boy, it was a sign that Santa was soon to come, because we would go out singing around the neighborhood of the particular rough neighborhood where our church happened to be. And we would go to certain houses, particularly people that we knew, uh, because those we didn't know wouldn't listen to us sing. And there was one lady that we would uh, uh, go and sing to, whose name was Nancy Huller. When she was well enough, we would pick her up every Uh, We can take her to church. And on Sundays when she was not well enough, she would put a white card in the window, a sneaky symbol to my mum and dad that they need not stop and call for her that morning. She was blind. And as her whole health deteriorated, ironically, or maybe not, her love for Jesus and the reality of his presence seemed to increase in her life. Isn't that strange? And I remember this particular carol singing when we blasted out angels from the realms of glory or while shepherds watched to that sweet chiming Christmas bells tune that went on for about a hundred years. So Santa's come and gone by the time you got to the end of that. And the minister chappy said, what, 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 what can we pray? What are you longing for? She said, I can't wait. I can't wait until I see, says someone who never sees, I can't wait till I can see Jesus. And do you know how some things that stick in your mind get seared into your soul? I remember thinking, wow. Whatever the situation she finds herself in now, that's her destiny. That's God's plan and purpose for Nancy Huller. That's God's plan and purpose for all of us. His plan to restore you to the way that you were always made to be. We call it salvation. 
That's what the Bible calls it. In fact, in the Gospels, often the word to be healed, the word to be saved and rescued, it's all mixed up together because from a Jewish mind, for a, from a, a heaven's viewpoint, it's all the same. What's it easier, Jesus said? Sins forgiven or these legs to walk? It's all part of the same. It's all part of God's rescue plan for humanity to restore us back into relationship with God and to the way we were always made to be. Now, that's God's plan, but have you ever had a plan that you didn't carry out? Some of you are lying. You see, God wants you whole, and I can be absolutely certain that that's true, because God not only had a plan... But in Jesus, he carried it out to the nth degree. In fact, he died for that plan. And if you ever sit around wondering whether God wants you whole, if you ever sit around wondering whether God wants your spirit, your emotions, your mind, your physical body to be as he created it to be, then look at that cross. And don't stop with the first part of that prophecy from Isaiah about sins forgiven. That's when Jesus died for my sins. Absolutely he died for your sins. And absolutely he died for the consequence of your sin and my sin and everyone else's sins. And because he died for that, because the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, we can also say that by his wounds, by those nails, by the crown of thorns, by the spear in his side, by the the, the nails driven through his feet, by the whipping on his back, by his wounds. In fact, old uh, uh, translations talk about by his stripes, we are healed. You see, I can be absolutely sure that God wants you whole because he had a plan and he's carried that plan out perfectly. And when Jesus said it's finished, what was finished? The plan was finished. That I can be certain that one day Nancy Huller will see me and I will see her because he has a plan and he's carried it out to the nth degree. So the only remaining question, it seems to me this morning, is an issue of timing. Is an issue of timing. Yes, when we get to heaven, when I see him, I'll be changed in a twinkling of an eye, and there's quite a lot of change that'll take place in that moment. And you too <laughs> should see yourselves. <laughs> in that moment, we'll be changed and we'll be like him. But what about now? Well, Kicking off point for this is Jesus, I think. Jesus didn't go around telling people that one day they would be healed. Did I say something funny? He did not say to that blind Bartimaeus, all right, mate, when you get there, you'll be healed. He did not say to the ten lepers, don't worry, guys, when you get there, your skin will be perfect. He did not say, whatever. Whatever, whatever. You see, we can be absolutely certain that God wants us whole. And there is a strong indication that that wholeness is crashing already into earth because Jesus healed people 
in the here and now. Jesus healed the people that he met where he met them. He did not ask them to wait. And when Jesus healed people, it says something about who God is. The Bible says that Jesus comes as the word, the message of God. That when we see Jesus, we understand what God is like. That Jesus supremely has like drawn back the curtain to help us see God's heart and God's ways. Jesus could have displayed his power in a myriad of ways. Occasionally he did. He told a storm just to stop. That was pretty cool. But most of the time, he chose to display his power by healing people, delivering people, and releasing people. It's such a powerful moment outside the tomb of Lazarus. When Jesus saw her weeping as Mary and Martha and the Jews who'd come along with her also weeping, he was deeply, and the, the language is really strong, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. Jesus wept at the way sin and therefore sickness and disease was robbing people. Jesus wept at the way people had to go through grief that was never part of the plan. Jesus wept because here was a, a sisters who'd lost their brother. Maybe there was a, a, a other family members grieving for Lazarus. Jesus was weeping for himself because as a human being he was losing one of his friends. And it was never meant to be like this. Why did Jesus heal? Because it reveals God's heart. He's angry about it. He hates it. That's why he died for it. It's not how it was meant to be. But also, but also when Jesus heals, it reveals something of God's will. You remember the story of the, um, uh, the man, I don't know. It's in there somewhere. The, the, the leper, I think it is, or the man with the... With, no, it's a leper. It's one of the leper um, miracles. And uh, you can read it in the... Read the first five chapters of Mark and you'll come across it, okay? Um, and, and, and in there, the, the, the man kind of says, if you are willing. It's a kind of uncertainty about whether God would want to. That's quite honest, isn't it? To say that to Jesus' face. That's kind of the reality of where we often are, I think, in our praying. God, if you are willing, we're not certain about this. We, we, don't, we don't have the confidence that we, that we see perhaps in some of the other people coming to Jesus. And Jesus says, I, well, it says he's moved with compassion. Then it says, I am, I am willing. You see, the healings of Jesus reveal something about God's will. And then in John chapter 9, when we read the story of the blind man, and they're asking all kinds of questions about why this man's blind and what's going to happen and so on. Jesus says simply in the, in the light of that story, he says, My, uh, as long as it's day, we must do the works of him who sent me. In, in other words, Jesus is saying, look, as I heal this blind man, this is the work of God. This reveals what God wants to do. This shows us what God is like. This is God at work in his world. And these are the kind of things that he wants to do. He wants this blind man to no longer be blind. And he wants this leper to no longer be an outcast because of his leprosy and whatever other situation you might paint or describe. You see, God's kingdom, Jesus was saying, 
And he came announcing God's kingdom. God's kingdom, Jesus is saying, will always stand against the works and the fruit of the devil, of sin and death. Remember when John the Baptist got uncertain about whether Jesus was the one. John had been put in prison. He'd gone through a right uh, to do. And, uh, and he was, wow, have I given up my life for the wrong guy? Uh, uh, did I get it wrong when I prophesied in the wilderness? It's comforting, isn't it, that John the Baptist would go one day having a wobble. Have you ever had a wobble? John has this wobble. He goes, maybe, maybe I gave it up for the wrong bloke. And he sends word to Jesus, and look how Jesus replied. At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, illnesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. Just a throwaway verse. So he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Now, what's the significance of that in our context and in our thinking this morning? John was waiting for God's kingdom to come. John, as a good messianic Jew, was waiting for the Messiah to usher in God's kingdom, God's rule and reign. And Jesus is saying to John, look, you know that it's me because these are the signs of the kingdom. Look, John, you know this is real because you can see the rule and the reign of God breaking into this world right now. You can see people becoming whole, people being restored, the sign of the kingdom opening up before your eyes. And where is the kingdom? Jesus would say to them, the kingdom is here. It's in your midst. So God wants you whole because, fifthly, his kingdom is right here, among us, within us, breaking into our lives. And Jesus declared that the signs of the kingdom would be that what's broken and damaged and soiled and messed up would be cleansed, restored, healed and forgiven. Hmm, that's not bad, is it? Wish I'd read that earlier. There is a correlation all of the time between the kingdom being proclaimed and the signs of the kingdom being made known. So, for example, he welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom and healed those who needed healing. So he proclaimed the kingdom And he demonstrated the reality of the kingdom. And we need to be very careful that we don't do one or the other. There are some people that are so into demonstrating the signs of the kingdom, they forget to proclaim it. They forget to say that it's repentance for the forgiveness of sins that you need to be put right with God. And there are people so busy getting that so perfectly right that they're about as lifeless as a wet flannel because they've lost the reality of the power. And if you're still not sure, remember the Lord's Prayer. You can't get much more obvious, I don't think, than the fact that Jesus whacked it right in the middle of this prayer. 
your kingdom come, your will be done, and just in case there's any room for doubt, what I mean by that, Jesus says, is what's going on in heaven, I'd like to see some of that on earth. How many sick people are in heaven? How many people with broken spirits are in heaven? How many people are weeping through the night in heaven? How many people who've got bodies that don't work in heaven? Jesus said every single day, make this the pattern of your prayer. Pray that God's kingdom would break in on earth right now as it is in heaven. And there are other reasons along the way that we could add, but I think we've made the point this morning. One of the names for God is about how God heals Jehovah Rapha or Rapha as it's sometimes pronounced. Lastly, though, I want to make it personal, and then I'm going to invite Jane just to share a couple of feelings that we've seen over the last uh, few weeks. Forget all that stuff up there for a minute about why we might make a defense that God wants us whole and, uh, and, and all of the kind of theological arguments and all of the ideas. They're, uh, they're absolutely certain and there's nothing wrong with any of them, but let's boil it right down for you and for me. I can be, do you know, absolutely certain that God wants you whole. And I can be absolutely certain because he's a really, really good father. Pray our father. How many of you dads don't want to see your kids whole? How many of you mums don't want to see your kids whole? How many of you as parents freak out when one of your kids is sick or ill? Nobody raising your hand, you liars, liars, liars. It gets parents because they know they feels like out of control and it's the, the last thing that we want. We, we want to be able to fix it right now for them. And we, it's, it's, uh, um, parents in honest moments will talk about how their children being sick troubles them disproportionately because there's something built into parenthood and fatherhood and motherhood that mimics, that mirrors, we're made in the image of God and he is a good father and how much more will a good father give good gifts to his children and we're going, Lord, if you will, Lord, please notice us. Aren't you, aren't you aware how bad it is down here? Because he's a really, really good father. And sometimes I find myself of repenting for the attitude with which I pray. Because sometimes I pray as if God is not a really, really good father. Anyone tracking with that? I pray as if I don't really believe God's a really, really good dad. And Lord, I'm sorry. When in my heart, my heart is exposed. And I don't believe with that heart that you're a really, really good father. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows, who does not change. The consistent testimony of the whole of the Bible is that God wants you whole. That's the story. That's the unfolding revelation of Jesus Christ. Jane, would you come? Uh, When I read Simon's blog that he was going to be talking about healing, I just had to tell him about three things that have happened in our household over the past two weeks. And so he asked me to share them with you. Um, Most of you, I think, will know Tina Wren. She can't be here today, but she's given me permission to tell you that um, 
I think it was two weeks ago, uh, we were having a family meal at our house, and she so much wanted to be there, but her back was so bad that she really couldn't move. She was almost immobile. But somehow Cameron managed to get her into the car and get her to our house. Some of us prayed for her, and the prayer became bearable. Tina was amazed because she said she felt the Lord touching her, and she could feel the pain being drawn out of her back. Chris heard the Lord say, you will pray three times. Strange. The next day, we prayed again in church after the service, and again she felt the Lord's touch, and she felt again a bit better. And then when we had our small group that week, we prayed for the third time, and she was completely healed, and she's been completely healed and able to move freely ever since. So we're rejoicing. Um, I myself, um, somehow I'd managed to hurt my knee. I didn't know how I'd done it, but it was very, very sore for about three days. I didn't think to tell Chris about it. I don't quite know why. But he said to me, "Uh, let's go out for a walk this afternoon. And I said, well, darling, I'm sorry, but I don't think I can because my knee is really hurting and I can't really walk very well. So he prayed and it was completely healed immediately. And we went for a lovely afternoon walk. But the greatest story that I want to tell you is about my granddaughter. Um, She's 14, and she's been really very depressed. Um, Her dad died, and she's not been coping very well. And uh, she was suicidal, and she took an overdose. My My daughter asked us to go up and pray. And so we prayed for her, and we anointed her, and we anointed her room, and we took communion together. Sherry also prayed with us, and she asked for forgiveness. That night, we got a phone call to say that Sherry was feeling better, that she felt happy. She slept through that night for the first time without nightmares in several months. The next day, one of my daughters went up to visit them, because we've all been trying to support the family, obviously. And um, I got a phone call when Becky got back to say, Hey, Mum, what on earth has happened to Sherry? She's a different person. And so I was able to tell her, because I hadn't told her before, I was able to tell her that we prayed and God had taken control. Bless you. Thank you so much. Do you know that God wants you whole? Do you know? And what, what stops you knowing? Because perhaps a better question is on a scale of 1 to 10, where are you on the scale of, I believe God wants you to be whole? And what stands in the way? What are the lies that stop us believing this morning that God wants us whole? Even as Jane was speaking... Some of you will be hearing what she says through a filter that goes, God would never do anything like that in my family. Others of us will be thinking more personally, God doesn't do that kind of thing with me. 
Others of us will go rushing back to a past guilt, sin, an area of shame in our lives and go, I wish I didn't have that. And because of that, God doesn't bless me now like he blesses other people. Others of us are actually pretty angry with God that we're ill or that we're sick or someone we know is ill or sick, someone we know has already died. And we blame God for that. It's God's fault. And we can't come to him as a good father because actually we hold him responsible for what's gone on in our lives and in our world. What stops you believing that God wants you whole? Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts? Because I believe that you want us to see many more healings, many more miracles, many more moments when we see the kingdom break into our lives. Many more times when we see signs of the coming age in the present age. Amazingly, you said that we would do what you'd been doing. And sometimes we've turned that verse into a reason to argue about what the greater things might be. Lord, forgive us. Jesus. I'm going to ask that as you just sense the Holy Spirit speaking to you, and you recognize something that stops you believing that God wants you or somebody else whole, when you get to that moment, just stand. and Say, Lord, I I hear what you're saying to me this morning. I, I hear the way I have taken your word and put it through the filter of my experience and I've reinterpreted the truth to sit to suit my situation. And this morning, God just wants to turn that around for us. We haven't got all the answers. There are loads of things to work out. There's so much for us to learn. But hey, we've got a really good father who wants to give us good gifts. So if you recognize a lie that you've believed, or you just want to seriously and openly with God at the beginning of this series say, Lord, I I recognize I haven't always been in that place. I'm not in that place of believing that you are a good father and that you've got good gifts. You want me whole. And I want to choose to believe that truth above the lies this morning. I invite you just to stand now where you are. And so, Lord, for those that are standing, we claim the truth of your word, that it is our right in Christ to demolish every thought And to take every thought captive that is against Jesus. And so we speak to the lies that we have listened to, that we have accepted, that we have lived by. And we say in the name of Jesus, we will not sign up to those anymore. And in the name of Jesus... We embrace the truth that God is the giver of good gifts 
and he longs to give us good gifts as his children. And he longs for the kingdom to break through into our lives in the here and now. Lord, we want to walk humbly before you. And we want to learn from you because you're humble and kind. There are a myriad of things we don't understand. But the consistent truth of who you are has been revealed to us ultimately in Jesus. And we receive that truth this morning. I'm asking, Lord, especially that you give to those that are standing a, a, a clarity about what living or walking differently is like. If I no longer believe that lie, how will that get expressed in the way that I think and in the way that I behave? Lord, would you do that for them as your gracious gift this morning? And we recognize that all of us, seated or standing just now, believe lies that we need exposed in our lives, that we might walk fully in the light and that we might fully embrace the truth. Let's stand, everyone, together. And maybe those of you who are standing and you'd love people to pray with you in this moment, maybe as we worship together now, you can come to the front. Uh, and we'll, we'll pray with you gladly for a few moments. Uh, and I just sense, as for, for a few of you, it's like, whoa, this morning the lights came on. And, and actually, you know, this is the moment God wants to touch you and heal you of something. It's today. It's like suddenly that's what God's like. And I've struggled with this for whatever it is. This is the moment. And as we begin to sing, come, and there'll be people that will gladly uh, pray with you this morning. And we might as well start off the way we mean to go on. It's pointless talking about a load of healing, isn't it, and not seeing anyone healed. And that would be awkward, wouldn't it? I tell you, it would be awkward for me. It'd be awkward for all of us. So we lift our gaze and our expectation and our faith to the God who sent his son Jesus, who's risen with healing in his wings. Read Malachi when you get home. Lovely phrase. Jesus with healing in his wings. Andrew.